I'm Carly Fiorina, and this is By Example. On this podcast, we sit down with leaders of all types to explore examples of real leadership and the qualities of all great problem solvers. I think we get really confused about what leadership is. On By Example, we lift up the real leaders, people who are focused on changing the order of things for the better and solving real problems that are right in front of them. Leading by example. Hi, I'm Casey Anders, and welcome to today's episode of By Example. As some of you may know, I'm the CEO of Carly's Foundation, Unlocking Potential, which builds leaders and problem solvers in the nonprofit sector. We're switching things up here a little bit today on By Example. Normally, we talk to amazing guests about their experiences with leadership, but today we're going to hear from Carly herself. In her book, Find Your Way, which comes out on April 9th and which you can pre-order online at carlyfiorina.com, Carly talks about the importance of finding the path over developing a step-by-step life plan. Today, she's going to talk about a life-changing experience that, while scary and even a little funny, changed her path and that of an antagonizing coworker. We hope you enjoy the conversation. And now I want to bring in our special guest today, Carly Fiorina. Hi, Casey. Hi, Carly. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. And I'm very excited today because we are talking about a story that is featured in your new book that's coming out in April, Find Your Way, which I have had the unique pleasure of having a sneak preview of, Um, though this story is one that you've actually told a number of times over the years and that I've gotten to hear. And I have to tell you, every time I hear it, um, I still laugh and I'm still inspired by it. And so I thought it might be fun and interesting for our listeners to have the same experience that I get to have, uh, which is to hear that story, frankly, directly from you. Well, yes, the famous strip club story. It wasn't so funny at the time, I have to say, but I have come to see the humor in it as the years have passed. But just to set the stage, um, so this occurred when I was a brand new employee of AT&T. I had finally gotten an MBA uh, after I was a secretary for uh, quite a while. I get an MBA and I land in AT&T in Washington, D.C., many years ago when there were literally one million employees in the company called AT&T. And I was pretty much at the bottom of the pile in an entry-level sales position. Uh, My resume wasn't very impressive. Okay, I had an MBA, but I was a law school dropout. I was a secretary, and I didn't know anything about telecommunications. So I was very excited about this job, but I was also very nervous about the job. And Early on in the job, like maybe not even a month on the job, uh, I was paired with a guy named Carl. At the time, I thought of him as a much older man, but I realize now that he was younger than I am now. However, for me, at the time, he was much older, and uh, we were paired up to work with a set of clients. So it was up to Carl to introduce me to these clients. Mm. And so the day of a client meeting arrives and I'm so excited, I'm gonna meet these clients for the first time, I'm actually gonna have a real conversation about a real customer's telecommunications requirements. And the day of the meeting, Carl comes to my desk and he says, hey listen Carly, I'm really sorry, but Um, you know, the customer's always right, and the customer has this favorite place that they want to go eat lunch at, and so I guess you're not going to be able to come to the meeting after all. Mm. And I said, well, why not? 
I said, well, we're, we're going to the boardroom. <laughs> that was apparently the name of the restaurant. I'm so naive and <laughs> stupid. I didn't know what he was talking about. And he laughed and kind of smirked and walked away. And I said to my colleague, what's the boardroom? Oh. And my other colleague who sat next to me said, it's a strip club. Oh, God. Well, it turned out that this strip club was more than just a strip club. It was quite famous. How ironic it would be called the boardroom. But uh, it was famous because the young women who danced there would um, uh, not only dance on a stage, but they would be willing to come to a client's table and dance on top of the table. While the clients were eating lunch, can you imagine? No. In their see-through baby doll necklaces. I literally, I just have to say, I literally cannot imagine. <laughs> well, neither could I. <laughs> and so when I was told all this, that this is what went on at the boardroom, I was terrified. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. I for sure didn't want to go. But I also kind of thought Carl was doing this to prevent me from going. Yeah, what do you, what do you think was going on with Carl? Well, I think... I don't think Carl was really happy about being partnered with me. I mean, mm. I'm this young woman who doesn't know anything, and he's been around a long time, and he's built up these relationships, and I don't think he was really pleased. And my guess is he didn't have much choice. Mm. So I went into the ladies' room, and I sat there for what seemed like hours trying to decide what to do. Mm. And I finally decided, well, I have to go. I, I decided I had to go because... I wanted to meet the clients, but I also decided I had to go because I knew Carl was trying to stop me from going. Right. And that didn't set right with me. But now I had to go. <laughs> so you're too young to remember, but there, at that time, in the 80s, there was this book called How to Dress for Success. And there was a companion book called How to Dress for Success for Women. Mm. It was, of course, written by a man, but <laughs> uh, nevertheless, How to Dress for Success for Women. And this book, which we all read, all of us professional women, oh, we got to dress right, oh, wow. um, advised that we should look as much like men as possible. Really, that was the advice of the book, <laughs> because it advised us that we should dress in quite severe business suits. We needed white, um, you know, shirts that we would button up to the collar and we would have kind of a floppy bow tie at our throat. Oh, wow. That was the uniform. That's, yeah, that's yeah. a man's uh, uh -huh. trying to dress yeah. women. Yeah, exactly. And look. we did it. I mean, I did it for a while until I rebelled, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> anyway, I dressed in my best how to dress for success look, severe suit, bow tie, carrying my briefcase like a shield of honor, you know, I am a businesswoman, and I get into a cab to go to the boardroom. I tell the cab driver where I'm going, and he says, oh, are you the new act? <laughs> now, I have to say I was terrified. I mean, I was terrified of this. Uh, I was terrified because I had never been in a strip club before, mm. I was terrified because I knew I was going to look stupid. I was terrified because I didn't know what to expect from these clients. And so when I walked through the door of the boardroom, 
I was terrified. And I remember, you know, my eyes adjust to this dim lighting and there's this long bar down the side and there's loud music playing. And to my left is this stage and there's a live act going on. And at first I can't find my clients and my colleagues. So imagine I'm standing there with my briefcase and my bow tie while a (laughs) bunch of half naked women are dancing on the stage. I mean, honestly, I looked like the fool I was afraid to be. I did look like a fool then. And my colleague had parked himself and his clients at the far corner of this establishment Ugh. so that the only thing I could do was walk across the whole place in front of the stage to get to them. <sighs> Looking and feeling more foolish by the second. Mm. I sat down. And as all this was going on around me, I bravely, gamely tried to engage these clients in a conversation (laughs) about their telecommunications requirements. I mean, can you imagine? Now I look even more ridiculous. (laughs) It's interesting. uh, Three times during that absurd lunch, and I'm sure, honestly, by the end of it, the clients were as embarrassed as I was by the whole situation, But three times during that lunch, my colleague Carl called a young woman over to the table and asked her to dance on the table. And the blessing in all this, and there are blessings in all things, if we'll see them, even the tough things, the blessing in all this was each and every time that a woman was asked to dance on the table, she would look the situation over, see me, and say some version of... Not till the lady leaves. Mm. This moment of incredible, you know, empathy and sisterhood. That's pretty amazing. And finally, after about two hours and three such refusals, I felt I'd made my point, picked up my briefcase, (laughs) straightened my bow tie, (laughs) and walked out of the boardroom. Wow. And so after that, how was your relationship with Carl? Well, you know, it's interesting. I I got back to the office... And I sat at my desk, and of course, everyone's wondering and waiting how to go, how to go. (laughs) And finally, Carl comes back several hours after I had returned, and I had a coffee cup on my desk, and he stops by my desk, and he doesn't say a a word, but he puts a black garter belt around my coffee cup. Oh, come on. And kind of snaps it and walks off. Come on, Carl. (laughs) I was rooting for you. (laughs) And... uh, My colleague who sat next to me, his name was Bill, the guy who'd explained to me what the boardroom was in the first place. Bill says, that guy has no class. And as soon as Bill said that, I realized that the dynamic in the office had changed. Mm. It had changed in the sense that Carl had lost credibility. People thought it was kind of a classless thing to do to me. And I had gained credibility. Mm-hmm. Because people thought, wow, she manned up and went, and she yeah. survived, and here she is at her desk trying to do her job. So that was interesting to me. Um, but you asked about my relationship with Carl. I had to work with Carl. I had no choice. Mm-hmm. I was paired with him. And he had relationships with the clients. And if I was going to do my job and be successful at my job, I needed to have relationships with those same clients. Right. 
But I also figured out as time went by that while I had been terrified of the strip club, Carl had been kind of terrified of me. Mm. I mean, Carl was a guy who was coming sort of to the end of his career. And I think he was a bit afraid and somewhat resentful that maybe he was just getting traded out by a younger, newer model with an MBA. That doesn't make anybody feel good. I think he felt as though his core competence, which was building great relationships with customers, was somehow being undervalued. I can't just hand this off to this woman who doesn't know anything about it. And so I came to have empathy for what he was afraid of. And I also was humble enough to realize that I didn't know much about what I was supposed to do, and so I needed him. Yeah. And I think he figured out that I had a little moxie, that I wasn't going to get scared off by an afternoon in a strip club, right. and that maybe I could do some things that he wasn't so good at, like figuring out how to actually solve these customers' problems while he built the relationships with them. So in the end, we had actually a great partnership a very successful partnership. And when he retired about a year and a half later, he was going to start his own consulting company. And he came to my desk and said, Carly, I really would love it if you would come work with me. Wow. And I was so surprised. I said, Carl, I'm so surprised because I I was, I was shocked. And he said, you know what, Carly, there's no one I'd rather have in a foxhole with me than you. Wow. And it was one of the highest compliments I've ever received. So did you take that job offer? No, I'm no fool. (laughs) (laughs) I stayed where I was, but it taught me something. It taught me something about not judging people too harshly Mm. when they do something that's mean-spirited or put you in a position that's uncomfortable because sometimes they're dealing with their own stuff too. Well, and I think that I'll be honest, as many conversations I have with you, Carly, I think the empathy and humility you displayed in that encounter, I'll be very honest, I'm not sure if I was put in the same position that I'd be able to find that same empathy and have that same humility. Um, You know, even hearing that story, it raises my hackles and my haunches a little bit, you know, on your behalf. I, I can't believe anyone would think it's ever okay to treat any woman that way, but especially not someone I have such deep respect and admiration for. Um, And so it makes me really angry. And I know there are other women, young women out there like me who feel that way. What's your advice to people like us um, who are trying to find our way, who who want to be the empathetic, humble example that you set, but but maybe struggle in the moment where we have experiences like this, um, you know, in making both a point and standing up for ourselves and the people around us, but maintaining that, you know, uh, core of empathy and humility? Well, the first thing that I would say is um, it's shocking to me how young women react to that story because a lot of times people will come up after I've told that story and say, well, not exactly the same thing happened to me, but the same thing happened to me. In other words, yes, maybe it's not a strip club, but most women have had an experience where someone has done something to try and marginalize them or humiliate them or diminish them. Mm. Sadly, that still goes on. The second thing I would say is that every circumstance has to be judged on its own merits. Every circumstance is different. Every individual is different. There are times when you must confront. 
you know, when I was called a token bimbo by my uh, Another boss, great story. <laughs> uh, when I was called a token bimbo by my boss, when I became a boss for the first time, that required a confrontation. That required me to go in the office, shut the door and say, you will never do that to me again. But there are other times when a different response is required. And so I guess the advice that I would give women is twofold. Don't get a chip on your shoulder and don't hide your light under a bushel. And what I mean by that is don't get a chip on your shoulder. There are some men who are bad people. They exist. And we hear stories about those kind of people. But most men are not bad people. Most men might be confused, they might be afraid, they might make mistakes, but they're not bad people. They're well-intentioned. And so deal with the people that you have to deal with. Confront what you have to confront. But give others the benefit of the doubt. That's what I mean by don't get a chip on your shoulder. And don't let someone else's problem with you being a woman become your problem. If somebody thinks less of you because you're a woman, don't let that get inside you. Don't let that get inside your head or your heart because then it's your problem. Let it be their problem. Which leads me to the second piece of advice, which is don't hide your light under a bushel. Be as smart as you are. Be as brave as you are. Don't be less smart than you really are to make people feel more comfortable. Don't hide your light under a bushel because some people are uncomfortable with how bright your light shines. Be who you are and don't get a chip on your shoulder. Well, thank you, Carly. I know I always appreciate hearing that story. I hear something and learn something new and take something new away from it every time. So I really appreciate it. I'm sure our listeners do too. So thank you so much for taking the time. And hopefully we'll come back together soon and hear the token bimbo story in detail. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and one more lesson from all of that. It's always good to be able to laugh at yourself, (laughs) even when you're in a really uncomfortable situation. (laughs) That's right. Well, thank you, Carly. That's all for now, but you can always check out more episodes online at carlyfiorina.com or on iTunes. Please subscribe so you can get all the episodes by example. You can find more information and keep up to date on new episodes and offers by joining our email list at carlyfiorina.com slash by example. You can also send us feedback there on Facebook, Twitter, or now Instagram at carlyfiorina. You can also email us at byexample at carlyfiorina.com. Lastly, stay up to date by texting by example to 345-345. So on behalf of Carly Fiorina, I'm Casey Enders, and this is By Example.